Hello, 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 and welcome back to Rainbows Rising, where we ascend together. I'm your host, Rainbow Raja. Last week, we did a reading and a healing. This week, we're going to be talking about our New Year's resolutions and about evaluating our beliefs surrounding abundance, finances, and money. I hope you guys have taken some time since January 1st to set some good goals for this year. I did take some time, come up with a list of of goals I'd like to set for my business, a list of goals I'd like to set for myself and for my family, a list of goals I'd like to change some bad habits because even I am not perfect. We're all here to ascend together, and I hope you guys are still working proactively to ascend to the next level of your being. So my New Year's resolutions were actually to start my book, which I told you guys I started. Um, I I have several books in the making, but this one book, it <laughs> it's just kind of been writing itself. Um you know, since the new year, I've I've punched out about 60 pages, and I'm just going to keep going when I have time in between, <laughs> um, you know, some family visiting and, and kids' birthday parties and, you know, all the things that moms end up doing. Um, and the the other goals that I I have and are already well on their way is I, I had intended to put out a Udemy class. And I'm I'm in the process of getting it up and going right now. Uh, so, you know, I will let you guys know when that is live and when it is aired. And you guys can hop on over there and take a look. And um, I am also working on trying to open up a home studio. So presently... I'm sure you guys have noticed I am working from a home studio and sometimes the sound quality is not the best with the air conditioner going off randomly or hearing kids upstairs or whatever in the background. Um, It's because I share an office (laughs) with my partner and it is literally underneath our living room. So my goal for this year is to have a home studio um, that is much more quieter and has more soundproofing and better equipment. So I know what my budget is for that. And I'm sure some of you out there are asking yourselves, how can I help Rainbow Raja support her dream of a studio? And how can I get better sound quality for this amazing podcast? Well, if you're out there, asking yourself that, hop on over to my Patreon. The link is in the description (laughs) and join my Patreon. I do have several different tiers. They all come with different things and even just like super low, low support. If you guys are just able to just kind of support me a little bit, it really does help. Um, I'm just trying to get by month to month and get this office saved up for so I could I can elevate this this podcast. You guys can get 
better quality because I think you deserve better quality. What do you guys think? I, I think you guys are the best and you deserve the best because we're talking about abundance this month, right? Abundance. So what is abundance to you guys? Like when you think of abundance, are you thinking of like stacks of cash? Are you thinking of abundance of wonderful, incredible memories? When you think of abundance, are you thinking of luxurious clothes lining your walk-in closet? When you think of abundance, are you thinking of an abundance of boxes in your garage? Heck no to that. Nobody wants an abundance of junk in their garage. But sometimes our beliefs surrounding abundance, our beliefs surrounding money can end up causing the opposite of what we want. Where you are focusing on abundance and you're thinking of so much stuff. I want to be rich enough to buy all the stuff I want. And suddenly you have become a hoarder. A hoarder of knickknacks. A hoarder of mementos. A hoarder of tissue paper that you drew a little picture on when you were five. Oh my goodness gracious. You have so many things. And you don't know what to do with them. Yet you're abundant. You're abundant, aren't you? So we're going to talk about how to set your New Year's resolutions in a healthy way where you are not creating a paradox, where you are not money blocking yourself from, from getting what you deserve. And one of the ways that we are going to do that is by looking at our childhood money memories and how they are affecting your financial status. Whether that's helping you or hurting you, we are going to take a look at how money memories, how you remember your parents' relationship, your grandparents' relationship, how you remember your teacher's relationship and neighbor's relationships to money and how that affected your belief patterns around money. Today, I have a couple of handouts, a couple of articles I'm going to be reading from. I'm going to let you know what the title of the article is, who wrote it, and I'm going to be asking some follow-up questions to help you guys really identify where you began to see the relationship with money, your relationship with finances, really start to shift, whether positive or negative just so you can have a better idea of, of your concept of financial security. The article I'm going to be reading is called How Your Childhood Money Memories Could Be Helping or Hurting Your Finances by Christine Matthew. Growing up, my grandmother was a master seamstress, and I always had beautiful clothes without ever having to pay for them. My taste for fine garments didn't change as I got older, but it was a shock when I had to begin paying for them myself. I can still hear my mother telling me, You have champagne taste on a beer budget. I could have taken this as a warning to not spend money that I didn't have. Instead, it felt as if I'd been told that I was no longer deserving of the finer things in life which sent my sense of self-worth into a downward spending spiral. 
The consequences, $8,000 of credit card debt along with disappointment, anger, and blame. As children, we begin to form our beliefs and attitudes about money through value-laden messages that are passed on to us by our parents, grandparents, and society. In my work as a financial life planning advisor, I call these money memories. What money memories teach us? Delving into our money memories helps us to gain insight into the things that we have consciously and subconsciously influenced how we think and feel about money and how we handle finances. In order to move forward and navigate life with greater financial confidence as adults, we must look back. After all, a belief is nothing more than a thoroughly practiced thought. By asking yourself these seven questions, you'll begin the process of self-reflection and learn a great deal about the ways in which you handle money today. Number one, what is your earliest money memory? My own, the author, is of receiving an allowance. My sisters and I completed our chores and did what was expected. Yet there was a point in time when we were no longer compensated. The work continued. The payments stopped. I realized many years later that my penchant for intermittent work and my lack of a steady paycheck echoed this experience. I thought my work wasn't good enough for a steady payment, so I didn't make it a priority. I'm going to go ahead and throw in my own two cents as Rainbow Raja here. Um, I never really dealt with money growing up. I heard my parents complain about it a lot. And they were always bickering about who made more. Um, like it was some kind of a competition. And my, my understanding of money was that we never had enough. Even though it seemed like they were constantly buying things. So when I finally was given the opportunity to have an allowance myself, um, I kind of never got paid. My mother would come up with a chart and she would show me all of these responsibilities and give me an understanding of, oh, these are my, these are my duties. And I would do the duties and then I never got paid. And so I never wanted to work because my work wasn't worth anything. And it was much easier to not work and have my mom do everything and get a little bit of side, you know, complaints on the side and never, ever get compensated, you know, never have to deal with that. So for me, I have always struggled with money. I have always struggled with thinking I deserved money. And when I had money, I didn't really have a an understanding of whether or not the money I had was, was good enough or whatever. So as I've worked on my own understanding of finances and abundance, I have been able to shift a lot of this. I still have so much more to go, 
but I have started valuing that the time I put in and the work I put in when working with clients, when working one-on-one with people, with working in a school setting. Even here, I've started asking you guys to subscribe to my Patreon. <laughs> so I, I have started to value my time, value my energy. And that, what, that took many years for me to start to shift that belief pattern. Okay, so let's move on to what the author continues to say. What can you learn from your own earliest money memory? Is there a connection that can be made between this memory and your current behavior? Okay, so you can go ahead and consider your first money memory and try your best to see the connection between then and now. And I can tell you, I see a lot of connection from my own experience and uh, uh, from when I was growing up to now, even even with this podcast, you know, I, I don't I don't do any ads for this podcast. Um, so I don't get paid anything yet I'm having to pay for the platform and everything to put it out. And I think that also stems from this this belief pattern that that my time and my effort, that my energy will just go, unrewarded. So why even try? Why even bother? And so I have started to announce in the podcasts, reluctantly at first, please join my Patreon. Please donate to my PayPal. Please book an appointment. If you can, if you feel obliged to, That is how I am starting to value my time, value myself, um, is to request that from all of you beautiful listeners out there. Um, Number two, how was money used in your family? How was money used in your family? Was it mainly used as a reward to punish Was it just to survive? Was it used to impress? To control? To help others? To have fun? To buy love? Reach goals? Or something else? Think about how your parents used their money towards each other. My parents always argued, who had more money? Who paid more of the bills? No, 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 right? So... This was some kind of control who, 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 who was the head of the household kind of thing for my parents. But my mom also spent her money when it was just me and her to have fun. We'd go to museums. We, she would spend money throwing little, uh, little get-togethers. And she'd really invest a lot of time and energy into making it look very nice. My mom is a great party planner. Like, her parties should be in movies. They're so remarkably elegant. I can't believe it. Just to give you an idea of that was my experience with money, how it was used in, in my family growing up. The author says, 
I have a client who grew up having only positive experiences with money. She earned an, an allowance and sometimes a trip to the ice cream store, and her parents donated to their church and community on a regular basis. By having no financial struggles or hardships as a child, my client developed a positive, constructive view of money and a strong foundation for wealth. I can tell you that is not my personal experience with money, but can you imagine having grown up with those kinds of experiences? Maybe there are some, some people out there who did grow up with those kinds of positive influences on how they see money, how they experienced money growing up. So just take a look at how money was used in your family and how that might affect how you use money today in your relationship, in front of your children, how you see receiving money from other people, right? What do you spend your money on? How do you use it, etc.? Number three, what was your family's financial status? Did you consider your family to be rich or poor? Why? Once you have your answer, the next question to ask yourself, what does being rich or poor mean to me? This will help you define what true wealth means to you. Does having large sums of cash make you wealthy? Or is it being wealthy synonymous with being happy? So, as I had stated before, my parents had money. I knew we were middle class, but they would always say that they had no money, that we were poor, that they were struggling, even if that wasn't really the truth, even if they were not being the most responsible with how they were spending their money or whatever the case may be, right? So when I really think of what rich versus poor means, my, my, the imagery in my head is like drastic. We're talking rich people with their like, like huge crystal chandeliers and the big ballrooms and the sweeping, elegant wood staircases going up to their incredible stained glass windows and, you know, just huge mansion houses, right? Versus being poor, it's like being in a third world country with no bathroom, being absolutely starved, like on the cusp of death, um, with no floor in your home, if you even have a home, like living technically just like kind of on the street, no clothes. That is how drastic my concept of rich and poor is. And what does that mean to me? Like what where do I see myself on that scale? Where do I see myself wanting to be on that scale? Like where where is my true happiness beside wealth? You know, is being happy and being wealthy the same thing? Does wealth have anything to do with happiness? So, of course, I would love 
a remarkably beautiful house with stained glass windows and spiral staircase and wood everywhere and, you know, oh my gosh, as an interior designer's child, that would be incredible. Would it make me happy? Probably not. What would really make me happy is feeling safe. Feeling safe among the friends I keep. Feeling safe with my partner. Feeling safe for my children. I think that would make me very happy. And and we're not talking safe money-wise for me. You know, we're talking... In general, like, do I need to be wealthy to provide safety to an extent? Do I need to be absolutely stinking rich to do that? Not necessarily. Money doesn't hurt. <laughs> but, you know, doesn't doesn't fall in, in the same alignment as happiness. So, moving on to number four. What were your parents' spending and saving patterns? What were your parents' spending and saving patterns? Now, the author has this to say. Growing up, my mother never spent money on herself. Everyone else's needs and wants always came before her own. Now that I look back, I realize that her self-deprecation made me feel less valuable. If she didn't deserve treats, neither did I. So I did the opposite, becoming a compulsive shopper to prove that I was deserving. Family money baggage is a serious thing. We tend to take the beliefs about money instilled in us from our parents and carry them with us for a long time, if not always. So, my parents, my my parents, when you know this is me, Rainbow Raja speaking, my parents spent, like I said, a, lo- a lot of money. We would go, we would go eating out, we'd go do fun activities. Um, so when when I did start actually making my own money. I, I didn't really realize the value of money because I was never handed the money. I was never, um, I never was responsible for the money. I never really got to see the exchange of money. So I didn't have a healthy concept of what money was worth. I just knew my parents had money. They spent the money and the money got us nice things. Um, even though they complained about never having money. <laughs> I never got to see the money. So, I mean, it could have just been (laughs) all part of our imagination for all I know. Um, My dad had things come to the house all the time. Amazon packages before Amazon was a thing. You know, we're talking, we're talking when Amazon was still a bookstore, you guys. Um, And my mom, she would spend money on everyone around her, much like the author's experience with her mother. Um, But my mom did also buy jewelry for herself or she'd buy nice things for other people it was just very scarce and she'd save it for holidays she'd buy herself presents on holidays so uh that was my experience so go ahead and observe your own parents spending and saving patterns 
and see how that has made an impact on you to this day. How do you spend and save, right? Number five, when did you start earning your own money? Did it make you feel independent, powerful, or uncomfortable? And how do you feel about earning money today compared to when you first began as a kid? The author has this to say, Most of my clients say that they felt independent and empowered. For the first time, they were free to make their own choices. It wasn't about the money. It was about the emotion. For many of us, how much we earn determines our sense of self-value. Could it be that when we were children, we were more focused on how we felt Versus the cold, hard cash. If you are happy with your earnings, rock on. If you aren't, what would it take to make you feel better? I really like that last question. If you aren't happy, what would it take to make you feel better? Because I know that when I really look at my own earnings, um, I I feel a drive to to provide for my family more because I am not reaching my personal goals, which was yeah, part of my part of my goals this year. I were covering finances here at the beginning of the year, right? Um, bringing you guys along for the journey for the ride. Um, I'm I'm not where I want to be, and I I think for me. It's a sense of of knowing that I have enough money to support me and my children and and be able to have like kind of a squirrel fund, an emergency fund um, in case there's any any issues that arise in my life and to be comfortable in in knowing that I have income every month. With the type of job I have, which is a private private practitioner um, <laughs> during COVID, nonetheless, um, my my monthly income is very. It's just not regular. So, for me, I want that regularity. I want to feel like my work is valued by the people who come to me. I want to feel um, that I'm able to handle the workload, not feel overwhelmed. Um, So those are things for me that are important. Um, So I, I I think that feeling better comes with acquiring the balance of those things. But what is it for you? What is it for you? What... What would make you feel better? Just I'm I'm giving these examples to help show you guys how I go through the process in case you guys you guys don't know how to approach these types of questions. And really dive deep. You don't have to share your answers with anyone. I'm not grading you. I'm not giving you grades on this. Um I started earning money, as I said, like when I became an adult. So um my my experience with money was uh, very scarce and so did not 
did not get very much experience before becoming a business owner. Number six, what career messages did you receive? What career messages did you receive? Now, the author goes into saying, were you encouraged as a child to dream big when it came to choosing a career or were you told to play it safe? I have several clients who are artists and many of them struggle with the limiting belief that fame and fortune come after death, such as Van Gogh and Gauguin, and I'm sure I butchered that name, but a lot of, a lot of artists from early on, their fame and fortune came well after their death, right? That during their lifetime, they are doomed to starve. How is your career or vocation valued? Not just by yourself, but by society, by your parents. Um, I know society sees bodywork, massage, and self-care as a luxury, something that only the most elite can afford. And unfortunately, that shows when people come to me and say they can't afford my services, that they really struggle to afford things in their lives, yet they have enough money for things like Netflix and to go get their hair done, their nails done, and to go buy a nice car. And some of those things are necessities, yes, but to go shop on Amazon and spend $2,000 on Amazon every month, whatever the case, you know, where is your career or vocation in the eyes of society, in the eyes of your parents? Do your parents value where you ended up going? Do you value it? Do you see it as a luxury? Do you see it as a hobby? Do you see it? What do you see it as? Because I, I believe very strongly that how we see our profession, how we see our vocation really starts to build how others see us too. Even if we, you know, like I said, people see massage and body work and self-care as this luxury, do I personally hold that? No, I think it's a necessity. I go and I get a massage as often as I can. I go and get these services as often as I can. That's usually several times a month when we aren't in lockdown. <laughs> when we're not struggling in that way, shape, or form, or struggling for babysitters. So when I have the means to do so, I go and take care of myself. But I know that this is how society sees my vocation. And I've had to really shift my own relationship with my vocation. And I've began to branch out into other kind of syndicates under the umbrella of my vocation. So here we are. Now I have a podcast. Now I do coaching. Now I teach. So um, that is how I have been adjusting, um, you know, my my relationship to my career okay number seven what do you expect from money what do you expect from money the author says one of my personal affirmations is 
I want enough money to do what I want whenever I want. I want money to give me the ease of choice. From there, everything else can fall into place. If money weren't an issue, what would you do with your life? By taking money out of the equation completely, you get to the heart of what you really want, and then you can figure out how to get there. And that's that's really kind of how, how I've ended up living um, a lot of my adult life is money has been out of the equation um, for, for a lot of my adult life. I've I've been exceedingly lucky with um, having my partner being very supportive of me, wanting me to pursue my passions, wanting me to be able to be be able to give as much as I can to my clients, as much as I can to the people I want to help. Um, I really see this as kind of kind of I, I just really want to help people. I don't really need to make money for helping people. I would love to find a place where I make money, but I I was really lucky to have this partner in my life, to have uh, my parents at the beginning of my early young adult life, really just wanting me to pursue my passions, create art, create music. Uh, here I am creating a podcast and they all just support me and stand beside me. So... I don't have money as part of my equation. <laughs> um, I would love for money to be more a part of my equation. Um, but this is this is what I want to do with my life. I dedicate a lot of my days doing this. <laughs> so this is my passion. This is my purpose. What is yours? What is your purpose? What are what do you yearn in the core of your being to do? I, mean, I I can't wait for the opportunity to get in front of a huge audience and do this in front of a massive audience and just, you know. But what do you want to do? What do you want to do? <laughs> right? Okay, so I love that article. I love how deep she goes into these questions, into into the introspection of of really who you have become based on core values, core beliefs that were built from your family, from your first experiences with money. So um, moving into uh, financial relationships and understanding financial relationships, I have more papers, more more little uh, questionnaires. Uh, this is from um, Al-Anon's Blueprint for Progress. So, yes, it's it's for Alcoholics Anonymous, but a lot of the people going into those programs need really good support to get the help they need. So, if that works for them, it'll definitely work for us. We're going to go ahead and start to ask ourselves some of these hard questions. Number one, managing money. Who is responsible for the money management in your home? Who's responsible for money management in your home, okay? 
how much of your monthly expenses are for necessities versus luxuries. You really should be pulling out a pen and paper and you should be doing some percentages. You should be pulling out your bank statements, uh, logging into your online banking and taking a look at your needs versus luxuries. Now, if you guys don't know the difference between a need and a luxury yet, let me break it down. Because <laughs> you, you might think you need Netflix. But if Netflix went out of business tomorrow, would you die? No, you might enter an extremely bad depression as the rest of the world. But you would not die. Needs are paying for your home, your electricity, your water, your gas, food for your table. And, you know, having, having the means to make money. And, you know, that, that can go towards gas for your car or transportation. But for the most part, anything besides something that keeps you alive or keeps you able to get money isn't that's a luxury. Okay. Toilet paper is a necessity. Uh however, the fancy little foods you get at Trader Joe's, eh, that's a luxury. You get those at the dollar store. You get those at the grocery store for much cheaper. So, um take a look at your needs versus your luxuries and just take a percentage. When I first filled out this form, I put 60% necessities and 40% luxuries. I can tell you that that's it's probably pretty pretty accurate. It, it's probably more more like 75-25 at this point. Um but you know, I I I know when I first did this my concept of needs and luxuries was very different than my my now concept of needs and luxuries. What am I doing to help take care of my future financial needs? Are you saving money? Do you have a squirrel fund? Do you have a savings account? Do you have any stocks? Do you even have a life insurance policy? What are you, what are you doing to take care of your family or your future financial needs. Do you have a retirement plan? Do you have a 401k? These are things to to contemplate. I can tell you that I I personally am not not doing so well in that front. How do I communicate with others about financial responsibilities? How do you communicate with others about your financial responsibilities? Do you ever say no when you don't have the money? If you're not, you should start doing so. <laughs> if your friend is like, hey, you want to have another drink and you don't have the money, you just say no. No, I can't right now. Maybe another time. Okay. Number two, my finan financial priorities. What is your credit history? Okay. What is your credit history? 
How do I personally decide about a special purchase? How do I personally decide about a special purchase? You know what I do? And this is not always. This is when I remember to do this. All right, you guys. Not perfect. I hold off. I tell myself, no, not this time. And I hold off on it until it nags at me for weeks. And then I go back. And if it's still there, I'll buy it. It's a little harder when you Etsy or Amazon. But if you can hold off and maybe set an alarm for two weeks, three weeks, and it's still on your mind, maybe not an alarm, but if you go back in a couple weeks and it's still on your mind, go ahead, indulge. What have I purchased that was not affordable at the time? What have I purchased that was not affordable at the time? If you guys have credit cards, everything you purchase with your credit cards. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But for real, credit cards are, are just loans. Okay. Number three, being financially responsible. Who provides my financial security? Who provides my financial security? Number two, how am I being prepared to earn my own money if the need arises? Who has met my financial obligations in the past? What are the ways that I allow financial concerns to take priority of my personal needs? Okay. For financial control. How have I used money to change someone else's behavior? When did I inappropriately withhold my own financial support of others? And even though this question is not on there, when have you withheld your financial support of others for their own well-being? Or when could you have? I think that should be thrown in there, especially for, for AA people. Like, when have you told your friends no because it wasn't for their, their best good? I have done that. That's important. It is important to know when your partner, when your friend, when your child, when your parents are asking you for money that maybe you cannot give because you don't have it or because whatever they're asking for just isn't something you, you believe will help them, you can always say no. That's an important to th thing to remember. So... We asked a lot of questions today. We asked a lot of questions. I hope you guys are kind of feeling inspired to sit down to really evaluate your, your ideas, your new, new perspective of your finances, and that you take some time today to really dive into your relationship with money, what money means to you so that you can create a healthier relationship with abundance. Because I know abundance to many of you as we are shoved so many ads in our face, as we are shoved consumer products constantly 
subliminally, all the time. Abundance means stuff. But it's time you really start to evaluate what abundance means to you, what financial security means to you, and what your relationship money is doing for you. All right? I hope you guys liked today's episode. I like. I hope you guys enjoyed exploring uh, these questions with me. And, um, you know, I, I really am so grateful for you guys being open um, to to hear my responses, to hear these articles. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Oh,
Are you ready to ascend to the next level? This is Rainbow Raja, your spirit guide calling. Please be sure to keep all arms and legs inside your vessel at all times. I'm just here to remind you to take some time today. Support Rainbow's Rising podcast. Go join the Discord community. Check out the Patreon. Get some stickers, custom tarot cards. Check out the merch. The merch. You know you want to. Go connect with Rainbow Raja. Maybe even get a session. Who knows? Your support helps make this show possible. And she loves to support you. Help support her too. Once again, this is Rainbow Raja, your spirit guide, guiding you to your ascension.